Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Um, I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening, I'm joined by the fabulous Jack McEnroth. How are you, Jack? I'm awesome. How are you? Good, good. Long time no no, no speak. I know you've been busy, so. It's all good. It's all good. How have you been? Uh, I've been well. Um, you know, just dealing with life and, and going through the motions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound so excited going through the motions. <laughs> Well, no, sorry, I know yeah. how it is. I've been working hard and hard, you know, it's just getting by, working on, you know, paying the mortgage, got to get <laughs> pay the bills. I hear you, and they keep racking up. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they do. They can come every month, even though I, I, I pray they won't. That little <laughs> email or envelope says, you owe the man. So That's true. it's all good, though. I'm actually in Dallas right now, I think. Um, I mentioned um, my the two my two partners in the website Voltage are here, so we're doing marketing. We're getting ready to go. It's going to be first mobile friendly, where we it's reformats to whatever device you're on, and then we're now working on the mobile app and how we're going to market and all that stuff. So uh, it's been good. It's been an intense five days of code, code and programming, and you know all that stuff with Pause I Am. It's like right. And it's they're building it from scratch, and and it's they start talking in code language. Like he's very the Matrix. He thinks in code, and he tries to explain it to me. I'm like, uh, yeah, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand any of the last five things you just said. So just make it look pretty. <laughs> oh. You're not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I did. Oh, I just watched the Super Bowl. Yeah, we came. We were done earlier, so yeah, of course. I don't really watch the game, even though my family is a big football family, and my brother's a football coach, and they're all obsessed. But uh, Beyonce was amazing. Yeah, I missed it. I was preparing and getting stuff for the show done, so I totally forgot yeah. to to watch it. But I'm yeah, she's all awesome. The news. And actually, apparently, literally, the power just went out. Um, I was getting ready for the show too, but the. My friend that I'm here with was like, yeah, the power in half of the stadium just went out, literally. So they stopped the game. Oh, and So everyone so can stop people. what they're doing and tune <laughs> into a radio show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe they'll be listening, um, you know, since since that has happened. Um, I, I heard that um, Destiny's Child made an appearance. Did you see that? or? Yeah, although it was kind of funny because it was very clear, like, bitches, this is the Beyonce show, and you can come out. <laughs> For 30 seconds and help me sing, put a ring on it, and then get the fuck off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) 
She well, was literally well, like, they sang back up for once, half of one song, and then she was like, okay, bye, and then they just went away. It was like, all right, I'm, we, clear, let's be clear who's in charge. Well, I think they're doing um, a new album together. They are, they are. And actually, they both looked amazing. Like, um, yeah, they both looked great. So uh, it'll be fun to hear their new album. That should be interesting. So, so um, how's everything going with your new website? I think, um, God, it may have been the last time that you actually hosted was when you were just launching it. Yeah, it was shortly after I was, I, we launched it, so I must have been, like, end of October. Um, right. It's going really well. I saw that you joined, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, it's for, for our listeners, it's Voltage.com, V-O-L-T-T-A-G-E. And we're now, it's, we're just making a lot of great changes. The, there's a blog that's kind of forming, um, and now we're taking that part of it public. So before you could only read kind of the information that we compile if you were a member, which we're up to like 5,600 members now, which is kind of exciting. Um, but now the blog is going to be at least uh, a little bit more public so we can um, – you know, I can have external links and post them on Facebook and just do all that stuff. And, yeah, it's it's going great. We're just trying to figure out what our next moves are and how to make it work with no capital and <laughs> no money to advertise. So it's really just word of mouth, but it's it's slowly growing. So we're, we're very excited. No, that's awesome. I know a lot of my friends here in Philly um, who I go to a support group with have been looking for a website to connect with other positive people. Um, and I, I, we direct them to that. I mean, whether I did it um, myself at the group mentioned your website or actually some of the other guys who are from Philly actually went to New York for your opening. Um, oh, good. And actually met you, and they met you up there and took photos with you and all that stuff, and, and they actually put the word out for the people, um, you know, in Philadelphia too. So I noticed that the Philly base of, you know, uh, that website is, is, starting, is starting to grow. So it's a good thing. I mean, a lot of my personal friends who don't go to the group um, have joined the site as well because they're just looking, you know, just to connect with other positive people, uh, you know, in that manner, and it's not possible on other websites. You know, not everybody yeah, is open to dating. Yeah, I mean, the thing negative. I think is really great about it is that even the people that are, you know, we're we're trying to build our our base in in the major cities, obviously, because that's easier. And but a lot of, I mean, I was talking to a kid today from Chicago who's not, I think he's 29. And he was like, listen, I'm new, and I just found out about my status in the last year. And he's like, everyone on this website has been so supportive um, and giving him, you know, information and just saying, listen, it's, there's a lot of us out here. And it's, it's, it's got a good sense of community. I mean, yes, it's a kind of a dating site, and it can be a hookup site, but it's, it's more than that. And it's, the thing that I think is great is it's finally a site for, for it's aimed at HIV-positive men who – you know, we, there's no drugs tolerated on there. We don't promote barebacking. Like, we're not the sex police, and we're not policing anyone either, but, like, you can't have that stuff in your profile. So I think it's just a great model for the HIV community. So yeah, hopefully, I mean, I can lead by example, and it'll grow into something awesome. No, I mean, a lot of people have commented on it, and, you know, not everybody is <clears> – <throat> So it's positive is actually into dating negative people. Some people like to just date positive people. So I think uh, a website like that is 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 needed for for those people who are specifically looking to only you know mess around or hook up with or, or actually date 
other positive people. I mean, there's a need for yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, I understand all of the the arguments. Like, I mean, I've had negative guys that are like, oh, if I'm pod friendly, can I join? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Um, but just know that you know what we, we don't. We're here because we don't want to be discriminated against. It's not like I'm necessarily zero sorting and I just want HIV positive guys, but I think for some people, especially people that are newly diagnosed and feel really uncomfortable telling other people and talking about it, it's just that you know the other people on there are going to get it. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just one other option. So, and I, the other thing is I think hopefully, you know, when we have 10,000, 20,000 plus members, it'll just be a great sense, you know, a great, uh, kind of community where, you know, the blog will grow and more people will be, you know, we're getting, we're now planning like a resource list for, um, you know, state by state where everyone can go on and find like their local aid services organization or help with app and all that stuff. So as it grows and as we can develop it more and we can actually make money and hire people, it, you know, the possibilities are really endless. So, yeah, I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad the word is out there because that's what we need. No, it is important, and one of the things that it actually does do is, like you were mentioning, it breaks down that conversation of, oh, my God, how am I going to tell this person I'm HIV positive? I mean, right. I think that's one of the, the pros of the site is that that disclosure really isn't needed because it, it's known by joining the site usually for the most part. Yeah, and I just think that, I mean, for positive guys, especially, I mean, you and I are clearly very comfortable with our status, but for a lot of guys, that's a huge, uh, you know, stress builder is, like, when am I going to tell? And, and, I mean, and I found, like, you know, I just I dated someone for maybe five weeks, and he was actually fine with my HIV status. He said it didn't bother him, but, like, the more we started talking about it and, like, it, I just... I, I got the sense, I'm like, listen, it's going to be weird. I can tell it's going to be weird, even though you say it's not weird. So, I mean, <laughs> listen, there's, every situation is different, and there are a lot of HIV-negative guys that understand, you know, undetectable status and safer sex and all that stuff and really don't have an issue with it, truly. Um, and I wish everyone could be like that, but unfortunately it's not always true. So it's just one other option for people. No, I think it's I think it's a, it's a good option. I mean, it's needed in our community. So, I mean, that's people yeah, have been asking you. me forever about a, 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 a hookup site or a dating site for people who are positive, and you know, they would come to Pause I Am, and I'm like, no, this isn't the place. So now I kind of will just kind of scoot them towards a voltage. <laughs> good, good, good. Please do. Yeah. No, we're welcoming of everyone. That's the great thing. It's like, and then we'll say, you know, I've had people say, oh, you're segregating, and it's going to increase people's judgment of positive people. I'm like, no, but we're doing the opposite. We are, you know, there's no stigma at all in anything. It's like we're all in the same boat, and uh, I wish it could be that way on all sites. I wish we didn't have to say, oh, well, listen, we're discriminated. We're a minority group a little bit. So, you know, unfortunately we feel comfortable being all together in the same boat, you know, not that we're exclusive and not that we can't be on other sites and do other things, but, you know, it just it's just provides a, an atmosphere that's really non-judgmental. And we don't ask HIV status at all. So 
you know, I mean, it's assumed, as everyone should always do, that everyone's HIV positive. You should always assume that everyone you're with is HIV positive. So it's that's kind of our message. Right. No, no, I, I, that is what everybody should assume. I mean, that's how you protect yourself. Of course, of course. So what do you think, I want to get your take on the new study that came out, speaking of hookup sites and apps, that came out that said, uh, I think it's 44%, but they're saying basically half of men surveyed on Grinder, Growler, Scruff, and I think there was one other one, um, have bareback sex. How, what Did you percentage see is that it? study? They said no, half. I didn't. Yeah. Half of the people About on these half, apps have half bareback of them, sex? Of, 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 of a, roughly, I think, a pool of 700 and something that took the survey, half uh, have unprotected sex. So That's just that's interesting to me because I actually agree with Ken in the chat room that only half, really. I think that that number is a lot higher. Well, I think it's low, too. That's so funny that you say that. But, um, you know, I think also when people, when asked, because there's such a judgment on barebacking and raw sex, it's like, I, I bet it's people are lying, and I think it's probably higher. But, um, yeah, and, of course, the the... Mark King did a piece on it because there's been a lot of backlash of people like, how could you do that and how could you be so stupid? And he was he wrote a whole thing that's on the on his site right now, My Fabulous Disease, about you know there's such a double standard of unprotected sex in the gay community and the straight community. Like you know, he, I think the header for his article was your mom liked to bear back. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that, that. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. Favorite. It's like every pregnant woman has had unprotected sex, and you like a gay guy says, "Yes, I like to have unprotected sex," and everyone freaks out. So, yes, there is a higher incidence of HIV and AIDS in the gay community, but you know, come on. So, I just think it's really interesting. I wanted to know what you thought of all of that. Yeah, no, I think the number is definitely a lot higher um, than what was reported. Um, I mean, most, I mean, from people that I know that are on these apps, that a lot of these are, they're not even, like, it's more like just chatting and flirting. It's really not even hooking up. It's like more right. of like a, no, it's like more like a dick tease to these people. It's like to get yeah. the rocks off. It's not actually like meeting in person. But I don't right. know. Maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. I have to say I met a really cute boy on Voltage. <laughs> and we went we we went on a bunch of dates and he I really actually liked him a lot and then he decided we would make better friends. But um I'm one of those people that actually likes to meet people. Like I don't spend a lot of time on grinder chatting cuz I get bored. So I'm like, right. are we going to meet for coffee or are you just going to I mean, I really appreciate the pictures of you naked. That's awesome. But <laughs> I don't even know if that's you, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Especially with all the catfish stuff going on. Oh, my God. Do you see my Facebook post? I got someone catfished me. They did? Yeah, I had a guy on Grinder who was sending me all these pictures, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're hot and whatever. And I was like, well, let's meet for coffee. I'm like, and then he stood me up, and then and then he blocked me from Grinder, and then I found out that it wasn't even his picture. And, yeah, so I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, I just got catfished and stood up. 
that's, that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of sweeping the nation the catfish stuff. So. Um, yeah. yeah well, it's so easy to do with everyone on Facebook. You can really take some over someone's personality, like in a yeah. whole identity. Very, very easy. So, but yeah. Um, Speaking about Facebook and social media, our guest is sitting on the line, so I want to go ahead and bring Kevin Maloney on. Uh, Kevin Maloney has been on the show before. He's a friend of all of us here at Paz IM. He is the founder of the blog Rise Up to HIV. He has also created this new um, anti-stigma campaign um, called No Shame in Being HIV Positive. And um, please help me welcome Kevin Maloney to the show. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Robert and Jack. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Good. Good. I feel like it was just yesterday I was on the show. Right? It feels like <laughs> you're I think you're one of our one of our guests like one of our most frequent guests is actually is, is you, Kevin. One of our like I think who's been on the most. I might make the top five or ten, huh? This year. I think you made I think <laughs> you probably are the top five. Between you and like Justin, I think you guys uh-huh. are like the, the the top returning guests and Sherry Lewis and all that, yeah. But well, um, how you been, man? I'm okay. It's uh, cold in D.C. It's been snowy, um, you know. But uh, other than that, uh, I've been been hanging in there. It's it's all right. Life is good. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I've had a little bout of the flu and head cold. Ooh, me too. Yeah, and I'm all worried about going out. You know. Every time I go out, I'm like, oh, am I going to get the norovirus next? <laughs> what, what's that? That's where you're, like, puking and, you know, you have the runs for days and it, it's oh, just God. awful. Oh, God. I yeah. don't need any more viruses at this point. I'm, I'm, I think I'm at my quota. <laughs> Wait a minute. That norovirus sounds like a Kalitra moment. <laughs> I said, it kind of is. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. So, Kevin, for for people who haven't heard uh, your story before um, or maybe tuning into the show for the first time because they're not interested in watching that Super Bowl, tell people a little little bit of a history of of your story of when you were diagnosed and and what that process was for you, and then we'll get into the campaign. Yeah, sure. Um, It was uh, uh, March of 2010, so coming up on three years right now, um, that I was diagnosed with HIV, and then... um, one month later, um, I was told uh, with follow-up labs that I'd also contracted hepatitis C. And, um, you know, but I knew right away that uh, I needed to take control of the situation. Um, at the time, I was dealing with uh, an addiction issue to crystal meth. And um, um, I basically put into action, uh, you know, put put a action plan into place to, you know, not only come to terms with my diagnosis to to treat that but also to fight uh, my addiction to crystal meth so um, basically what I did was I left the doctor's office um, immediately called the clinic down the road which was Colin Lord in New York City and uh, they got me in the very next morning uh, I did all of my you know my labs and blood work and then uh Two weeks later, I went back and started medicine right away. Um, I then, you know, uh, went inpatient to the Pride Institute out in Minnesota for my addiction issue to crystal meth and uh, came back and started on my hepatitis C treatment. So uh, it's been a pretty wild uh, ride these past three years, but, um, you know, I was determined uh, not to let my diagnosis uh, 
you know, uh, bring me down. Instead, I just, uh, you know, took action and, and did what I needed to do uh, to, you know, treat my, you know, to to overcome the addiction and, and start on treatment for the HIV and Hep C. So today, I'm, you know, I cured the Hep C virus with the interferon and the ribavirin, and uh, you know, I'm 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 healthy with with HIV. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, and congratulations. I think everyone here on this panel this evening has had addiction issues, so um, good for you. That's impressive. But you, I mean, you know, I mean, it's an ongoing thing, but, I mean, I just congratulate you because I know it's hard. No, it, it's, it is. It's a difficult uh, thing to manage, but the one thing about, you know, seeking out treatment or, you know, going whether it's outpatient or inpatient is, you know, you, you get you get the tools that uh, you take with you for the rest of your life. So, you know, you learn, you know, you learn ways to cope. So that's, that's the good part yeah, of uh, treatment. Completely. So, how did, so tell, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's fine, Jack. I just wanted you to tell us about like, you know, your, the, the, the program that you work on now and, like, the little pictures that I've been seeing all over Facebook that with people with the banners <laughs> and all that. So uh, I'm going to okay. do that. I want to do that. Well, no, no, yeah, no, I sent you a message, but I'm sure you get a ton of them. So um, all I need is oh, a photo Facebook? and a bio. <laughs> on, on Facebook? Yeah, did? I did. Oh, but... I'll give you my email because, <laughs> okay. yeah, Facebook, I get, I don't, don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh well you know my day job is i work for uh, community access national network and uh we're a national 501c3 and we've uh you know it's you know can has been around since 1996 advocating for um, access to care and treatment uh, for people living with hiv and aids so, I, so by day I do I do a bunch of policy work and nonprofit management, and then um, you know also I'm afforded the opportunity to be able to work on this campaign that was just uh, something that came up about three weeks ago, um, and basically it was I saw Chelsea Clinton holding a sign that read "No Shame About Being HIV Positive." She was holding that sign for the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria in one of their campaigns titled The Big Push, which is the big push to getting to zero. And uh, she was amongst many celebrities who held various signs with various phrases and slogans. And I said, well, you know, why can't I do that? That seems pretty simple. So I you know, wrote the words down on a sheet of paper. I posted it to Facebook, and before you know it, I had this viral campaign that uh, has been like a wildfire that I've been trying to maintain and tame, but, um, um, you know, it, it started with that simple message, and, you know, she was the inspiration behind behind it, and it, it, it has gone totally viral, and it's just really heartening to see, um, and especially to read all the stories that I'm getting from across the globe. Um, yeah, it's, 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 just been an incredibly humbling experience so is it mainly like what's the gist what what's the gist of it is it is it do you want people to put it like a twib in like the with the 
border. I mean, what I've what I've seen is the people who have changed their Facebook photos, their main photos, so it says no shame um, living with HIV or whatever around their picture. Yeah. Like, is that a main the main part of it, or is there is there a website? Like, tell me more about it. Yeah. So basically, it's just a so it's just basically a Facebook campaign right now. So uh, we've created a, an events page and. Um, through the Rise Up to HIV page is where I do all the advertising. And all I request is people send me their photo and their bio or a story, or they can tag the page um, or tag me personally in their photo or their story. And then what winds up happening is I have a couple virtual volunteers. I have a, a, a girl out in, a lady or a woman, I should say, out in uh, uh, Missouri who is doing the Photoshop work. So I send her, you know, the picture. It's pretty neat. It's I've got a virtual box on my computer that I dump the pictures into, and then she's able to access that, that folder and create that template. So what you're seeing is something that I have a design person working on out in Missouri. Uh, she's creating that template, and then people are downloading that picture and uploading it as their main profile pic. That's awesome. And this is something that, um, you know, anybody living with HIV can actually take part in. And I put the link in the chat room um, to the Facebook event. And then you also created a video on YouTube um, that I just posted um, in the, the chat room as well so people can check that out. But this is something that anybody living with HIV can actually join and, and become. It's a way that they can get involved in and not, um, you know, necessarily be so committed just by using their photo. Exactly, and, and and you know I've been getting also uh, not only people with HIV but a lot of supporters. So anyone that is you know has a family member or a friend you know that's living with HIV or AIDS and and you know they they want to be a supporter. They've been sending in photos as well, and, and their stories have been you know I'm the cousin of so and so, and you know yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm I'm so and so's brother, and I just want to show my support and you know. Um, what we've been doing with those photos is putting the word ally on the on the photo and uh so they've been uh, you know supporters have been sending in their photos as well that's awesome because it's interesting because i the, you know you're you you're brilliant for putting into motion something i kind of thought about i was like i said one time i had said something on facebook about hiv and Someone wrote, um, it was something about the stigma of HIV, and someone was like, HIV stigma, are you kidding me? That doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I dare you to put I am HIV positive in, as your Facebook status. And he was like, oh, right. I'm like, see, you would never do that. I'm like, <laughs> regardless of your status, nobody wants, I mean, very few people, I'll do it because I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, you know, very few people are so bold to be out there with their status. So I think it's really impressive that a, a visual campaign is really, um, has a huge impact. And and it's just, you know, it's simple. You know, it's not, um, you know, just send your photo and we'll do the rest, basically. And um, and people like that. And, um you know, and, and what's most impressive is, is people are uh, sending in their story and stories and bios, and they're not in the big cities. You know, they're coming from rural America, and they're like, "I want to 
step out of the HIV closet, you know. I've been in I've been with HIV for 19 years and I just want to come out of that closet, you know, and 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 yeah, like someone recently is like 19 years they've been living with HIV and and through this campaign they felt impelled compelled to come out and and tell the world their status, you know. And then someone else was like, you know, I just told my family today and can you get my picture up on the on the Facebook site, you know, today because, you know, I just told them and I want this up there and and you know, it's just been wow, you know, I I can't believe That's so amazing. It's it's like uh you know, like I tell people, it's like I wake up every morning and I go to bed every night and there's a new story that comes in or a new picture and it's just like wow, you know, it's really brings tears to your eyes, you know, and like in a good way though. Um, do you have any idea of how many people have done it so far? So far, I think we're approaching 270 photos and stories. Wow. And uh, it just, yeah, it just, you know, like I said, it was just an idea that came to me, you know, um, you know, after seeing the Chelsea Clinton holding the sign three weeks ago. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I never expected it. I never expected it. To grow as big as it has, and um, kind of caught me off guard. I have a feeling it's just starting. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I granted a lot of my Facebook quote and loose quotes friends <laughs> are HIV positive, um, so I've I I have been noticing them, you know, especially in the last week. A lot of people that have messaged me, I'm like, oh, those are cool little banners, and I I literally just put it together today. <laughs> so yeah, I I'll, I will do it as ASAP and get the word out. I'm excited. Well, yeah, I'll get your email after you know the show, or you know, I'll get it from Robert. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm honey, I'm public. It's Jack at jackmackandroth.com. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have about seven, so that'll come to me. <laughs> So um, you said you're getting people from all over, um, you know, the United States. Are you getting them internationally too, outside of the United States? Yes, uh, we're getting a lot in South Africa, um, and then, uh, for instance, the UK. We're getting a lot of people who are um, submitting stories and photos from the UK. Um, New Zealand. I've got Australia. Um, someone today just submitted from Ireland, and. Um, but oh yeah, and there's a couple people from Uganda, um, and you know I looked up, you know, you know in Uganda, you know how um, gays are persecuted terribly there. Yeah. I mean, they they have this bill that they want to hang all the gays, and I thought when people were sending me their photos, you know, from Uganda, you know, I I looked into it a little more to educate myself, and I wanted to know if having HIV meant that you were gay. And um, it doesn't, you know, it does, they they view that as two separate things there. Um, they basically, if you have HIV in, in Uganda and you're open about it, people think you're, the term they use is sexually loose. So, uh, um, but it's just been like, you know. Like Robert. <laughs> um, oh, lordy, lordy. <laughs> Didn't you miss so, you know, me, girl? Oh, oh yeah, totally. 
you know, Kevin, one of the things also that I, you know, we haven't had you on the show since then, but uh, when we were at the last um, ADAPT Advocacy Association um, um, conference, the ADAPT one in D.C. in the past summer, um, one of the things that happened there is you were actually um, named uh, and won an award for the, uh, the what was it, 2011-2012 Emerging Leader of the Year. Um, yes. And I was there and I, uh, during the conference, and I remember your acceptance speech when you went up there and you spoke, and, you know, you moved everybody. Your family was there. You, I think it was, was it your, your, your mother and father? Uh, it was my dad his uh, girlfriend. Okay, so they both were there, and... Um, it was emotional for me just to watch. Um, first, congratulations on winning that award, but what was that like for you to go up there and, and actually have to, you know, to, re- to receive the award? What was that like to have your, 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 mother, your um, father and his girlfriend there? Well, you know, I'm not much for the limelight. I, I avoid it as much as I can. Uh, I'm pretty be- a pretty behind-the-scenes kind of guy, and... Um, yeah, I, I really dislike public speaking. It took me like one week to uh, put together that speech, um, and it, it felt it felt nice, you know, to be recognized uh, for the work I've been doing, um, you know. And I and I made it very clear in my speech I wouldn't be, you know, here today without you know all the people that came before me, and uh, so. You know, it was nice. My dad uh, was one of the first people in the family that I told. Um, he let me stay with him when I was going through uh, my hepatitis C treatment. And, uh, you know, it's been, been uh, you know, morally supportive, uh, you know, over these past few years. So, uh, you know, it was, it was nice. And uh, it was nice to see you, Robert, and uh, to see, you know, friends from across the country who were there. So, um, yeah, it was just a good moment. So, so speaking of your your father, what was that like when you told him? Because you weren't only telling him that you were HIV positive, you were also <laughs> telling him that you had hepatitis and that you also had a drug problem all at the same time, right? Right. I I remember calling my dad from rehab because um, <clears throat> at the time I basically made the decision to uh, you know leave New York City behind because that's where all the bad habits. Um, were and uh when I got out of rehab um I had no place to go and I called my dad from rehab and I said dad I have to tell you something I I'm in rehab he didn't know that um I'm here because I have an addiction to crystal meth I um I'm gay he didn't know that um I'm HIV oh my positive God. <laughs> I'm HIV positive and I have hepatitis C he didn't know any of this and I said dad can I come home and stay with you when I get out of uh, rehab and he said yes and then the phone and then he said oh you know then we said goodbye and then I later found out that from his girlfriend that you know he dropped to his knees crying uh, thinking that I was going to die because you know he just he wasn't educated at that moment you know and looking back in hindsight I kind of wish I educated him a little bit more because um, he literally thought that, you know, I had AIDS and I was going to die. Right. Well, that, that's a lot to drop on one person. <laughs> it was, and, uh, you know, we joke about it today, you know, but, um, you know, fortunately, you know, he, you know, yeah, he's been really good about it all. 
it's, it's well, hard. It's I think hard, that brings, hard, that brings you know. up a really important point that, you know, I, I say to people all the time, it's like, because I, I, I think I'm kind of a go-to guy for people's, you know, especially newly diagnosed people that have a lot of questions. And it, it I was diagnosed in 89. So for me, it's always, I, I know that the treatments are so good and successful now, especially if you treat early. So I'm always sort of surprised that people freak out so much. But I mean, I, I, I understand freaking out a little bit, but then when you're like, listen, you're, you know, there's really successful treatment options and the medication's really great and the side effects are minimal, if any, at this point. And, but people still have this, hold on to this belief that, oh my God, I'm HIV positive, I'm gonna die. Like, and it's pretty much like cut and dry like that. Yeah, it it is, you know, and, and I think they're gonna die, you know, and it, it goes back to the whole education aspect. You know, here we are at 2013, and we're still dealing with people who are uneducated about a disease, and uh, you know, basically they've come become complacent, and you know, uh, many have become complacent about it because you know it's just a pill. But um, you know, and then then we have the stigma to deal with. Uh, you know, that people are are you know they're not accessing treatments because uh, they don't want you know or getting tested even they don't want to walk into the AIDS clinic you know they don't want to uh, um, you know have their family find their pill bottle of Truvada and then they can go look it up on Google and see oh he's got HIV so yeah it's very livable and manageable and there's just so much education that uh, you know is out there but is not getting necessarily into the right hands of the people that need it the most. <clears throat> now, I totally agree, and we're actually, I'm looking at the time now. We have about uh, 20 minutes left in the show. It kind of flew by. Um, I want to take a quick little 30-second break and play a PSA for you guys. Um, we're going to open the phone lines. You can give us a call here at the show, 347-215-9442. If you have a question or a comment for Kevin, um, give us a call, and we'll bring you on the air live with us. When we return, Kevin will be uh, back in 30 seconds, so hold on, okay? Okay. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we are back live. You're listening to Pause Iron Radio. We're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. bringing you your dose of hope. And tonight's guest is the fabulous Kevin Maloney, the founder of Rise Up to HIV, and uh, the creator of this amazing campaign, No Shame in Being HIV Positive. Am I saying that is correctly, right? No Shame in Being HIV Positive. Uh, it's no shame about being HIV positive. About. But, hey, that's okay. It's the oh, same I've thing, been, right? I've been hashtagging using in the whole time. Oh, that's all right. It's the same. It's the same message. Oh, all right. So now I have to retweet it. I have to retweet no it out there. With in the or about? It's. <laughs> oh lordy, lordy. Okay. Well, I I'm waiting for Jack to call back in. I do have a caller. I think uh, we lost Jack through the commercial. So uh, let's bring on this area code three four three. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello, caller. You're on the air. 
Okay, I see that we have Jack back, so we'll put that call for hold. <laughs> Jack, are you with us? <laughs> Sorry, what I miss. <laughs> Just a little PSA and a little chat. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, sorry about that. Did your I'm power at, I'm go at, out? My, I'm, uh, say what? Did your power go out? <laughs> no, actually, and you know it's out. Is it back on in the Super Bowl? Like, I don't know what's going on over there, but no, my my phone just died, and then um, I'm at a friend's house, and so I ran out into the living room. I'm like, I don't know what happened. But I'm on the end. The phone's not working. So, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, how have um, you found – one of the things I, I – well, well, first, Jack, tell them about the study that we were talking about earlier, Kevin. I'm not sure if you were on the panel we were talking about that study that Jack brought up, but what are your thoughts on, on the study that Jack – Jack, tell them about that. Well, basically, um, you know, don't quote me on the statistics, but um, <laughs> it's been on all – it's been all over the blogs that uh, a, a health agency in New York City – um, did a survey of something like 752 users of Grinder, Growler, uh, Scruff, and one other of the apps, and they and they just asked people if they barebacked. And 40 plus, like something almost 50 percent said that they do bareback. So and yeah, it wasn't. Um, it was, I saw that study, and. You know, very early on in my advocacy and education process around HIV, I did kind of a similar uh, independent study where I went on to, you know, Manhunt and to Adam for Adam and to some other sites out there and and did similar kind of research. And, um, yeah, 50%, I would say, is right on target. I would probably say it's uh, probably low, low, very low. Yeah, Uh, I agree. I would say it would be higher than that which but, and I, I and robert it made me think of something that um i watched a, and it's a little bit of an irritating uh uh piece they had on one of the news stations there was a response to it and they had a bunch of people saying that they need to you know uh boister condom messaging again and i was thinking to myself i'm like well that's great but i actually think you know okay so it's been established that a lot of gay guys don't use condoms, and you know I think they it's not that they don't know about the risks, and then it's not that they don't know about condoms because we certainly do. But shoving them in our face more is not really going to change anything. We're not going to go back to the 80s and the early 90s when everyone used condoms because they were scared for their lives. So how do we approach it now? And for me, it has to be sort of three pronged. Yes, we have to have a lot of condom messaging, also you know, stressing the various strains of gonorrhea that are untreatable and hep C and all the other things that you can get sexually. Plus, you know, educate people about knowing your status and that there's early, with early treatment and maintaining an undetectable status, you know, so because if you're undetectable, it's all the studies show now that the transmission rate is significantly decreased, if not eliminated. So, you know, with those three things, everyone, you know, people knowing their status and the, trans- the hopefully the transmission rate will go down. I mean, that's how I think we need to approach it. 
Thoughts? Well, I, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, we still need the condom messaging. Um, you know, we, we need a lot of the, the education surrounding, you know, HIV and, and particularly that source, you know, that study that you pointed out where nowadays um, if you uh, get tested and you're, you know, treated, you have a 96% uh, you're 96% less likely to pass it on to someone else if you're on medicine. So, right. um, you know, and, and then also, you know, I'm not saying everyone should go on medicine right away. It's every individual's choice, but, you know, uh, the medicine these days has gotten uh, to, to, you know, has gotten so well where people are living out normal lives, so. Yeah, and I mean, I think... Um the the issue there is that the the problem is as well, you know, they estimate the CDC is a CDC stat, so I'm not making this, I'm not pulling this out of my butt, but um, you know, they estimate somewhere between one in five and one in four uh, men who have sex with men and and major cities is HIV positive, so roughly twenty percent, and but unfortunately of that twenty percent, half of them don't know, so mm-hmm. even if they you know, would choose to be medicated, they're not, they don't know their status. So that's the big disparity as well, is there's a huge percentage of the population that is either scared because of the stigma or thinks it doesn't affect them. And, you know, so it's very important, again, for people to know their status. True. I think, I think also, too, you know, in light of all the, the, the new medicines that are out there that, um, you know, I think people are taking it less and less serious because they know, you know, if they're diagnosed, um, they can take a pill. And uh, yeah. this is where the complacency comes into play and, um, you know, is is, is ravaging our, our youth. You know, another CDC statistic out there recently was, um, you know, the rate of HIV infection amongst uh, 13 to 24-year-olds is yeah. on the increase. And, uh that's that's scary, you know, that our messages aren't getting to to you know to our youth. Yeah, but how do I you, mean, how do you? Uh, I was just going to say, how do you think we can get that message to our youth, Kevin? Well, <clears throat> you know, I think we need to to move away from the notion of abstinence only uh, sex education. Um, it's not effective, and um, you know, a lot of schools uh, still still have that kind of policy in place, and you know, I think that's one way that we can we can get through that message um, is to move away from you know abstinence only education. I agree, because that only helps to an extent. I mean, nowadays kids as young as twelve years old are having sex. So I think mm-hmm. that, you know whether we want to believe it or not. In, in twenty thirteen, we need to be talking about how to protect these kids, not necessarily telling them what to do and what not to do because they're going to make up their own mind. Exactly. And, you know, and they're all on they're all on Facebook and, you know, Twitter, and, and I think these are awesome, like, social media tools to be able to, uh, you know, uh, relay the messages. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I know the CDC has, has their messaging down pretty tight, and uh, I'd love to get in behind their social media media. Uh, uh, be in on their social media meetings because uh, you know, and wonder how they're targeting their messages towards towards youth. Well, the other thing I think is interesting is I think there's a 
a belief, and I just happened to catch. Do you ever watch that show, um, uh, One Girl Five Gays, on Logo? I've seen it before. Anyways, it's it's this panel where there's a girl, a straight woman, and she has five gay guys, and they just basically have very frank Q and A sessions about sex, and um, they had a panel that was all HIV positive, and the the the, the guys are between 20 and usually 25-ish, like that age range. And the guys on there were saying that they get all the time people saying, how can you be HIV positive? You're so, you know, you're 20. Like, what were you thinking? Or, And I think there's this common belief that, oh, if you're in your teens, there's no possible way that you could be have HIV. So why, you know, why use condoms? Like, so, I mean, I think that might be part of the issue. Nope, I I agree. You know, when parent parents aren't thinking, you know, are not thinking that their kids are having sex, and you know they are, and uh, you know um, part of part of the messaging in this campaign is you know we need all hands on deck to you know uh, to get to zero. You know, we need we need parents talking about you know these issues at the kitchen table and. Yeah. Um, and friends talking to friends about about you know HIV and 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 sex you know so yeah you know. have you had any uh young people be a part of your campaign um i think the youngest i've had is oh i've had a mother daughter team uh submit a photo uh uh daughter was prenatally infected and um now they're champions for the cause you know they they go around and they speak uh to call you know to schools and to and um you know colleges um and you know i think the daughter is now 18 <clears throat> but there's been yeah there's been i'd say we have probably see there's a good dozen or so stories of young uh you know young people joining i love more <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually talking to someone just did some outreach to me who's a senior in high school, so he's 18, and he just found out fairly recently, and he's actually fairly well-adjusted around it, and he wants to start speaking at schools and stuff, which is why he reached out to me. But um, it's interesting. He's like... uh, He's out, he's sort of out about it at school, and he's said people the stigma is really rough for someone. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think that's part of the in, due in part again to the fact that people that age are not being taught HIV information. I mean, I remember during the height of the HIV/AIDS epidemic. You know, and well, not that we're not in the height of it now, but when the death rate was so high and prevalent, um, you know, we there was a lot of HIV education and messaging on TV and in schools, and I think it's just dissipated because there's a lack of urgency. Yeah, you don't see it on on television anymore. You don't see it talk, you know, talked about whether you know unless it's on CNN or a part of a daytime talk show when kids are in school, you know. So. Um, and kids aren't watching CNN also. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. You know, um, one of the things um, one of the things that I also wanted to say is, you know, you were talking about the kid that you are talking with, Jack, who was in high school and how difficult it is for him. But high school itself was difficult just 
you know, being a kid and, and going through that. So I couldn't imagine being HIV positive and in high school at the same time and having to deal with that kind of um, weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he seems like I don't really know him that well, and that's actually it's always sort of a little bit, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but it's a little bit of a tricky situation for me to, because I'm in, in my 40s, <laughs> Um, to I have to really watch my boundaries with someone who's underage because it's it just makes me nervous. So uh-huh. because we're talking very frankly about something that can be seen as a sexual topic. So um, yeah, but he seems really well adjusted, and um, I might just read. I might send him an email and see if he would be interested. And um, I mean, I'm sure he would because he I know he's studying and he's in high school, so he's probably really busy. But but um, yeah, I will. I'll pass on the information to him because it sounds. I'm sure he would be interested. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's an individual's choice, of course. You know, to be to want to join the campaign, and you know, I do my due diligence uh, when when someone submits a photo. Um, you know, I you know, if they're not a Facebook friend, I I'll look them up. Uh, I just you know, I just want to get a sense of how out they are about their status and, you know, you know, kind of reconfirm that is, you know, is this something that you really want to do? So, uh, you know, there's been some instances where I've I've done that. And and the thing is, with these campaigns, you have to do stuff like that because, I mean, we've had people on the radio show, I mean, now we've been doing this for almost five years, and the people who have shared their story years ago are contacting me and asking me to take down their interview. down. Yeah, to yeah. it because they, they are not active anymore and they don't want their new job to find out. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of that's a lot of work. I mean, it's not hard for me. I just come on and I'll delete ever. But that's, right. once you put that out in the Internet, I mean, it is out there. Like, I can withdraw my own tweets and stuff, but I can't take stuff from other websites that maybe repeat my blog off of the body.com or off of the positive picture or whatever. Those things mm-hmm. just can't, you know, duplicate it and put on all these other um, you know, HIV-related websites, and I can't, you know, do that. But, I mean, it is important to know where they're at in their status if they're actually willing to put themselves out there because people, I mean, automatically assume that nobody's going to see this, but we're a public radio station. Anybody can us. So I think it's important that, you know, you do go through those steps and find out where they're at, where their head is with their status and how they're you know, able to cope with that. Yep. One, on the same note, it's also really important that we hit it from the other side and we fight the stigma and we decriminalize HIV and all that stuff so people don't have to worry about being public about their status. I mean, that that the stigma right there is pre- preventing people from getting tested and, like you said, being honest and being open and that, that all the way around is hurtful to everyone. You know, and I've gotten so. those messages from people who say they would really love to join the campaign, but they're fearful because of these HIV criminalization laws. And, right. and you know, I, I understand them completely. And, you know, I've gotten a couple people, um, you know, they've, you know, they'll still submit, but, you know, they won't use the year they were diagnosed or, you know, but it's still, you know, it's still hard for them to, to do and, you know, but they're like, I don't want to hide this anymore. You know, it's just, it's been way, you know, I, I can't, so. Yeah, well, and I mean, for people that are listening, uh, most of the laws 
basically that we're discussing now, if you don't if you don't disclose your HIV status before any sexual activity occurs, you can go to jail. In some states, it's for up to 25 years, regardless of if the other person is infected or not. So exactly, and, it, and that's and, what and we're then, dealing with. And, that's, and then the that other thing is, I would I would I would just say on top of that is um, the Ciro Project um, is doing a really amazing job in this this realm. And uh, they can be found at zeroproject.com if people are, you know, concerned about HIV criminalization laws. I yeah, think we, that's I think Sean, we all, Sean I think you Strube, know, right? Yeah, Sean Strube is heading it up and um, a couple other people that we probably both, uh, you know, know through the work we do. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, really important. And, you know, I understand the, in the, the panic of the cause trying to contain the virus, a lot of those laws were instituted in the 80s and 90s, and now it's just, you know, it's time for them to be gone. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't criminalize the disease. Yep, I totally agree. That's totally. a shame. I mean, it, it isn't, but it's, it's sweeping the nation right now, and, you know, people are going to jail. So, I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot on, on, on the show here, whether it's, um, you know, with... Uh, Robert Suttle, or, or, you know, we even had Sean Strube on it and came on it and shared his part of the story. So I think it's a topic that I think we'll continue to discuss on the show because it's so controversial right now. Right. So, I mean, so I um, tell us, I think we're, we're, we're getting close to the end of the show, and I just want to make sure everyone is really clear on how, I mean, maybe you said it while I was running around trying to get the other phone, <laughs> but what, if someone wants to become involved, tell, t- take us through how they could do, what, what they should do. So the easiest way to get involved, you can send uh, me an email, um, which is, uh, you know, my email is kevin at riseup to hiv.org so kevin at rise up to hiv.org and just send me your uh, you know a photo and your bio or a story or if you don't have a bio or a story just some basic uh, you know information you can also go to the rise up to hiv facebook page and you can tag rise up to hiv or message the page uh, with your story and photo or on Facebook, you can just you know look for me, Kevin Maloney, and uh, you know I can I can um, we can you know that's another option. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. So Jack, get me over your photo and your bio. <laughs> I was just writing. I was just writing down your email address. So I will. Should I? Do you want um, a full nude or a headshot, or what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I tell so people they they can send me a few, and I'll pick from them. <laughs> uh, okay, well, good. You could you could just Google his name for the full nude. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is taking your campaign in a whole new direction. <laughs> It's putting a new meaning to rise up to HIV. It's starting to sound strangely sexual. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, Kevin, we're actually down to the last minute. Um, is there any uh, last-minute um, advice that you would like to give to somebody who's newly diagnosed who may be listening tonight? Um, just educate yourself as much as you can. You know, go to thebody.com, you know, uh, read, you know, go to pause.com, go to, you know, any site out there. 
look on Rise Up to HIV, go to Robert's site, posiam.org. You know, there's a ton of resources out there. Nobody uh, should be, uh, you know, um, you know, hiding from their status or afraid of getting tested. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that care, and uh, we are all here for you. Cool. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for hanging out with us and, and this campaign and talking about it. It's, it's amazing work that you do as usual, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Um, so uh, your website again, riseuptohiv.com? Uh, no website yet. It's being, being built. Uh, it's being built out. But uh, just on Facebook, Rise Up to HIV, or on Twitter, Rise Up to HIV. Cool. All right. Well, then people can find that there to get a hold of you. Kevin, thanks again for coming on and uh, talking about the campaign. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Have a great night, man. You too. Bye. All right, Jack. That was pretty quick. Uh, We are actually a little bit in overtime, so people will catch us in the archive. Um, For more information on Jack, you can go to jackmackinroth.com and check out his website, voltage.com. That's voltage with two Ts. And for more information on myself and to join the POSIM social network or to make a donation to keep the radio show running, you can go to POSIM.com. And that's it. So we will talk to you all next week. Jack, have a great week. Peace out. See you later. Bye-bye. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org.